No, this is you. I was like, oh. yeah. <laughs> being Hispanic, a lot of people don't even know what. So a midwife is considered somebody that's like. Four. Oh, you got hair. Look at you. Uh, she got hair. Oh, J- J- Lo. <laughs> J Lo. I had it in for yesterday. I said, ooh, that was too much work for me to do yesterday. I'm going to do it again today. You got J-Lo Kardashian in the house. <laughs> All right, here goes the song of the day. I'm going to turn up. Oh, shit. Ah. Oh, shit. Measure the contractions. Ah. Then you got to breathe it out. What, what is the proper breath? What is that? In through your nose and out through your mouth. <laughs> to breathe, to relax. But pushing is something different. It's a different breathing. Yeah. Okay, cool. What's today, Soli? The 11th. All right, I'm going to let you get set up right there. I'm looking like a nerd on your Facebook. These glasses. Welcome to the What Did He Say podcast. It's your boy Chingo Blingo with the Big Tamarindo. Thank you, everybody. Good morning. Today's uh, what, Monday? Today's Monday. It's still Monday, but that's I, I'm, I'm ready for the week. That's why I already thought I blew through Monday. We have a very special guest. Well, first, let me introduce my co-host, the lovely, at... Mighty Swole Lifts, underscore Lifts. <laughs> These days, you got to give your social yeah, media name. otherwise... But we have a real good show for y'all today. Uh, today, we actually have our midwife visiting us, Afua Hassan, 713 Midwife. If, you, uh, if you're in the market for a new midwife, if you're in the market up. for a baby, you're trying to do the home birth, and you're in the Houston area. <laughs> or, or birth center birth in the Houston oh, yeah, area. Oh, yeah, birth center birth. Yeah, birth center birth. Yeah, so we actually, first of all, thank you for being our midwife. Um, it, it's been like a great experience. Here we are just a few weeks away. It's almost showtime. Showtime. And, uh, you know, you're the coach, so we're just we just want to kind of – just check in. I think this will be cool to document even when the baby is born and she's older. Maybe she can come back and uh, subscribe to uh, Daddy's podcast. <laughs> Leave a comment, <laughs> like. But um, no, but the, the whole experience, you know, my first, my first daughter was born in a hospital. Uh, Penelope Valentina, who was on the way weeks from now, this whole midwife experience has been great. Like, it's it's very like it's it's just like a warm personal type of situation. It's not like a hurry up, you know. What's your name again? Let me right. get your chart. What number are you? So so just first of all, thank you for being our midwife. Oh, um, I taught a childbirth class yesterday, and we all got choked up because I was so happy to be all of their midwives, you know, because I get interviewed all the time by people and the ones who choose me like we're so happy and it's not just you being happy to choose me it's me being happy that you chose me and I get to go on this journey with you Mm -hmm. and it is uh I'm real blessed to have a profession that I love dearly um and as you know uh, the birth center is in my home, so when you come for your prenatals, it's, it's like being home because you're at my house. Yeah. And then when and <laughs> and it's so peaceful. I always like want to take a nap. <laughs> and then I thank you for living so close to me, right? And uh, so when I come to your house to have when you have the baby, I just I rode my bike over here the other day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, everything has been just so personable, like warm, uh, natural. 
everything is like obviously you you use data and you know what you're doing. Correct. But but it just feels like natural and intuitive to me. It and is. It is. It is. I listen to you. I listen to Marisol and to find out what it is that you're looking for in your birth process. Mm -hmm. And then we go about trying to achieve that goal. And um, prenatal care is very, very important. Um, some people think, oh, yeah, because uh, they see on Facebook and Instagram all these um, free birthing or unassisted births that that's okay. And a lot of the people are not getting prenatal care. And prenatal care is very, very essential. And so, you know, I don't down anybody who wants to do it. It's just the unassisted birth. I would not advise that for my daughter, right? So if I wouldn't advise it for my daughter, I wouldn't advise it for anybody. So unassisted birth is someone Means that there's nobody does it on their there. own. Yeah, they do it on their own. just tell us that at the yeah. baby shower yeah. yesterday? Yeah, yeah, my friend Jared. People do it. Mm -hmm. People do it. And the reason why you hire me, well, the reason why you hire a midwife is if you leave the birth process alone, 95% of the time you can do it. And, and it's not a problem. It's that 5% when it can go oh so wrong that you want to hire a professional. Now, some people think, okay, that 5% that is not enough for me to be concerned. But when you add on top of there no prenatal care, like that's not good. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. not good. Because, you know, one of the things we talk about all the time, like, what's your stress level? What's going on? Because when we can address those issues and say, is this something that we could change? If we could change, then let's change it. If we can't change it, then put it up there in the box. Yeah. And you can't then, control it. Yeah, we can't control it. And then move forward. See, we have to we have to check the text messages because it might be a baby on the way. Yeah, no, no, no. Might no, have so to is this on, on Facebook or is this on Instagram? It's on my Facebook. It's oh yeah, I told I told Kiana it's on. It's her actually page. on a private group that I. Oh, have it's on a private group. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Mm -hmm. But okay, it'll, it'll be up. It. It'll be up, and I can share it to okay. the uh, birth and, okay. um, center web uh, page. Okay, all right. I'll just tell her because she was like, I can't find it. Okay, okay, I'm ready. No, that's fine. So, so would you like to, um, you know, to the listeners, um, give a little bit about our particular case, which involves fibroids and those types of uh, things? So, I unfortunately, or for, uh, well, actually, let's start from the beginning. I think we've talked about on the podcast before that I had zero idea that I had fibroids. Correct. Um, if it wasn't for you, I actually wouldn't have known because I walked in one day to one of my prenatal uh, visits and you were like, how many weeks is she again? <laughs> and it was like, no, you should not be showing. And, you know, you're all, I think I was like 16 weeks at the time. You're like, you should even at, even you were five weeks and you were looking 12 weeks. Yeah, that was the first one. And I said, well, why don't we just get. You know, a ultrasound in yeah. case the dates were incorrect because yeah. you knew when you missed your period and yeah. all of that, and because you're so fit. Like, mm -hmm. you know, someone who's not as fit as you are, and your abdomen was already, um, ex and this is your first baby. Yeah. And if it was your second baby and the first was a year old, I could see that. But those were not, that's not, that wasn't the case. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it was important to me to figure out what was going on. 
And then, so she referred me to, Afua referred me to Dr. Dayala. Right. And that's when we discovered that I had fibroids. really large fibroids. Correct. Which is Because first causing. we got an ultrasound, and then it was, then when they were growing, I was like, ah, let's go to the doctor. Yeah. And, and let him determine, like, what is going on, and if still out-of-hospital birth was something that you could do. And after seeing the doctor, he was like, yep, you can. We talked about the risks. Right. And uh, he also knows what our backup plan, mm-hmm. if we have to go in, which is to go see him. And so um, we're, we're a go. Yeah. So, yeah, so that was just kind of it. And, you know, uh, thankfully a fool caught it. And so... And for the listeners that don't know what a fibroid is. A fibroid is a non-cancerous growth that can be inside the uterus, outside the re- uterus. And right now hers are growing inside. And we call them uh, Penelope's friends. Little friends. <laughs> we call them Penelope's little friends because they can be intrusive, but they're there and we can't take them out um, before she comes out. So she has managed to, you know, maneuver her way through them. And we that's why we say, hey, little friends, how you doing? Yeah. And I thank them when I'm in the shower. I right. would say thank you for allowing my baby to grow. Right. Because I know that that was one of the things that we talked about. Is right. Her trying to grow and push them, which would be painful for me. Right. Because you had like one or two days of pain, right? Was it just? I had a week. You had a whole week, week. of pain. I called you when I, I called you the fourth day. When the I fourth went, day. She's like, it's contractions. <laughs> yeah. I said, that's it. I said, I've never been pregnant. I have no idea what a contraction. I said, but. It's lasted four days. She's like, right. this is it. This is, yeah. <laughs> I was scared, you know? I was yeah. Because like, that's one of the risks. If right, you it have is. A, a fibroids. Fibroids. Mm-hmm. As big as mine, especially. Correct, correct. So one of the, one of the um, risks is that the baby mm-hmm. can come early term. So, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So w- what would make someone a good candidate for a home birth or out of hospital birth? You would want to do it. That's the first thing, that you want to do it. Because I have people come in the office, and it's okay if you're not sure. But then after getting all the information, if you don't want to do it, one, you're not a good candidate. So good prenatal care and being compliant. And being compliant is, let's say I have a mom who um, has a low hemoglobin. That is that she's anemic. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, we're going to have to um, get your iron levels up. You could take Floridex. You could take beetroot powder. Mm -hmm. You can do these things. And then they're not doing it. They're not compliant Mm -hmm. because our goal is to have a baby. Because I don't do C-sections. We don't have epidurals. And so if um, if the mom is not compliant, then that doesn't bode well for the end. Another uh, reason is um, what she's eating. Uh, All moms towards the end of their pregnancy can start swelling. But if you start swelling at 20 weeks, 25 weeks, and it's determined that you're eating pork, and I'm asking you not to eat pork. I I, I just had a mom. She told me she was a pescatarian. pescatarian. Is my son not allowed to eat pork? So you're, you're still eating pork? I put a little bit of bacon grease. In okay, no, we ain't doing that. Bacon we, grease. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're not doing that no, no more. No, because she already has a tendency. We, she's having Threw a tendency. Butter. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what, what, what is a okay. tendency? Though? Okay, so what pork is high in sodium, ah. salt. And if you're already having a problem with retaining fluid, 
you don't need anything else that's going to help you to retain more fluid. Right. Okay? And so that's why, like, um, uh, what do I always talk about? What's that? Crawfish? That, like, that's yeah, yeah. high in sodium, oh, sodium right? Yeah. And so, like, you can have it one time, and then most of the times, the mom say, oh, wow, my feet really were swollen after that. So I'm like, okay, like, that's not it. I have some moms who eat it, and their feet aren't swollen at all. And they could be towards the end of their pregnancy, and it doesn't happen. But if it does happen, then it's like, okay, that's out. So I had a mom who told me she was a pescatarian. That's somebody who doesn't eat chicken or beef or pork, but they eat fish, mm-hmm. right? That's what she told me. So <clears throat> her feet start swelling. And and so, but I'm thinking, you're She's a pescatarian, yeah. right? And so then she, I did she a... She's a porkatarian. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, because I said, what did you have for breakfast? Bacon. <laughs> no, she had a... a a breakfast sandwich. I said, well, what was in the breakfast sandwiches? Sausage. I said, pork sausage? She was like, yeah. And so I said, but what happened to the pescatarian part? And she was like, oh, yeah. And so if so now I start re-asking moms. Like after I talked to them in the beginning, so has your diet changed? Because through the course of her pregnancy, it affected her swelling. And... In the end, it was like, okay, you're swelling so much. She started getting headaches. Her blood pressure started going high. I even sent her to the hospital, right? But if I had known back here, you need to stop doing that. You know, and then her husband said, I told her to stop doing that. I was like, what in the world? (laughs) (laughs) But she was, and and so she had the baby at 38 weeks because she, she was tired of being pregnant, but... That's not good. Let's be honest and and not try to make it happen. Yeah. You know, and she just looked at me like, I'm not pregnant anymore. I was like, oh, okay, fine. Wait, wait. You said she was tired of being pregnant. She was tired of being so... pregnant. And because her blood pressure was high, she was swelling. So there's a disease of pregnancy called preeclampsia, okay? And preeclampsia is when your blood pressure rises, you're spilling protein in your urine, and you're swelling. She had two of the three um, symptoms. And, and so when I sent her to the hospital, they said, hey. She's too swollen. She, and her blood pressure, was. she started having headaches. Her blood oh. pressure was really rising. And she didn't have the uh, protein in her urine. But the doctor said, well, you know, you're, you're, you're term, so you have a baby. And he so said, they induced? No, they didn't. She came home, and I told her, okay, you can take some castor oil. I said, this is all before I'm knowing about all her pork eating stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, my God. And so uh, that was one of the things that helped to get her contractions going. The castor oil? Mm-hmm. She drank it? Four ounces. Mm-hmm. That's what induces labor? It can. It can. It can. Man, because who knows all the shortcuts. <laughs> castor oil, one, gives you a good clean out. Come on. So you don't, she ain't had nothing. Like, when she pushed the baby, there was nothing. You know how I tell you when moms push, you could poop? Yeah. Well, she had already pooped it all out. And castor oil she came also, in with an empty tank. Yeah, it was empty. <laughs> Ready to poop. <laughs> yeah, and castor oil also has prostaglandins in it, and that's one of the, the um, hormones that they think uh, stimulates contractions. Oh. Now, I'm I'm saying this to say that I'm a professional, and so I don't want moms to go out there and say, yeah, let me take some castor oil, because you have to be prepared, especially these uh, uh, unassisted births, because one of the things that they say about castor oil is that it can also make the baby poop. 
Oh. Right, and, and so you poop in their and then they can eat it, it. and right. so you gotta be yeah. ready to to handle that when the baby comes out. So I'm saying that I'm not I, when I say castor oil, I'm not uh, advising that anybody out there who uh, should take castor oil. I'm not. I'm, I'm just I'm just saying that. Um, but yeah, that's one of the hormones that. That's one of the things that we can use to stimulate contractions. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That's, that's super interesting. Yeah, but castor oil is awful. <laughs> yeah. Every time I heard the term, like, induce uh, mm-hmm. pregnancy, right. I always think of it, like, in the hospital setting yeah. mm-hmm. with uh, pitocin mm-hmm. and all those, like, uh, is that a hormone or what is Pitocin pit- is an artificial hormone um, that uh, uh, is oxytocin. We make it. And, but Pitocin is what they make. And so they give that to the mom. They'll break her bag. They'll um, give her Cervidils. That's a, a pill that they'll put in her vagina to soften, ripen her cervix. And then they tie you down in the bed and you start having contractions. And um, then you're going to want an epidural because it's so painful. <clears throat> and you don't get to move around. You don't get to squat because... Uh, and you don't get to eat. You don't get to do any of those things. That they, sounds like yeah, they don't get, you when my know, first was born. Yeah, uh, you get an IV, and they say, oh, you have ice chips. Some hospitals now allow you to have juice. Some do allow you to have uh, a clear kind of juice. But. So, quick question. Taking the, the natural route, the home birth route, mm-hmm. um, is the food off limits? Is it still ice chips type of situation? Oh, no, you get to eat. The reason why in the hospital you don't get to eat is because they're anticipating you having a C-section. I'm not anticipating Always? It. Yeah. Oh, that's why all the women don't get to eat. <clears throat> they go in with that assumption. Yeah, they're going in saying, at the end, more than likely, you're going to have a C-section, and we don't want you to have anything in your stomach. So, I mean, and that's it. So the next That's time your friends, so moms, oh, wow. moms who are going to an uh, obstetrician, ask the question: Why can't I eat in the hospital? Like, what is it? What is preventing me from eating? And if they tell you something different, they're not telling the truth. Mm-hmm. So no, at home, that's why I say make sure you have the food and the snacks in the beginning. You might want to eat a meal towards the middle and the end. You might not because. Your body is now concentrating on getting the baby out, so your digestive system slows down, and like you might vomit. Like women mm. vomit, you know, because the food that they ate, your body's not digesting anymore, so sure. it comes up. But that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. You can have a popsicle. You can whatever you can tolerate. You can have it. Mm. Yeah, because we we want you to have energy. I, I think that falls under the um like the myths category because. I was under the assumption that I thought that was the the rule, the blanket rule. Like, you cannot eat. When you're having a kid, you're not allowed to eat. It's just ice chips, and, and that's it. But I, I never knew that was the explanation. Mm-hmm. And um, so I definitely wanted to ask, like, I, I know we know a few of, like, myths and assumptions just based on when we tell friends and family, like, what? Home birth? You mean, right. you mean like, but what is something, you know, what about the hospital? Isn't that mm. where all the tools are and the experts right. Right. Mm-hmm. and the people that know how to do that? Correct. But then in the same breath, they'll be like, man, I couldn't wait to get out of there because <laughs> it was a bunch of sick people <laughs> and yeah. the service the service sucked. Right. And it was They like, bother you. You don't get to rest. They check you all the time. All the time. So one of the questions that I get asked during a consultation is the what if question. And... Um, 
one of the things that's important to understand is that most women in the world don't live as close as any woman in Houston lives to the medical center or li lives as close to a hospital. There are most women in the world have to travel to get to the hospital. So, and then even in the state of Texas, in like Bastrop, which is a city outside of Austin, a lot of those hospitals there, they don't have an anesthesiologist on call at 12 o'clock at night. So even if she's there needing a C-section, they have to wait. So it's an emergency, but if there's no anesthesiologist, they're not going to cut her open and, and she could feel everything. So when people, so we get in a car, if, it, if there's a reason to go to the hospital, we get in a car and we go to the hospital. I haven't, I'm sorry, just knocked on wood. I haven't had a situation in more than 25 years that necessitated me calling an ambulance. Mm -hmm. And I did have a mom this year who had what we call a, a ruptured, um, her uterus uh, abrupted. It came, not her uterus, her placenta came off the wall and she started bleeding. And she was bleeding really early. She was just one centimeter dilated. And uh, I looked and I said, well, that's a lot of blood. And I said, well, maybe she dilated more really quickly. But that wasn't the case. So because it was too much blood, I said, we have to go. I don't know what it is. It could be the abruption. And abruption is where the placenta comes even part off the wall of the uterus. And then there's bleeding, right? Or the uterus can rupture. It can open up, right? And I didn't know which one it was. But I said, whatever it is, it's too much. This is not normal. One of my taglines is a midwife follows the path of a normal birth. Okay? This wasn't normal. So I put a pull-up on her. We um, got in the car, went to the hospital. I got the wheelchair. I ran all the way up to the uh, floor where uh, labor and delivery was. And I said, look, I'm here to rule out uh, a placental abruption. And um, the doctor saw the blood and said, okay. So the nurse, because she wasn't a patient at that hospital, so I said, can we put her on the monitor, please, because uh, I want to make sure that the baby is okay. I listened before we left, and the nurse looked at me and said, no, because um, she's not in the system yet. Oh, and man. I said, I totally understand that, because when I go in, I... I want, I'm the advocate for the mom and the baby. Yeah. So I didn't want to say I didn't, what I was thinking in my head. I didn't I said, yeah, I understand, but do you mind if we just put it on so we can, you know, see how the monitor, baby is doing, yeah. monitor the baby. And so she said, told me no again. Oh. But the doctor was outside of the room, and she heard me ask twice nicely. And um, then she said, let's just put her on the monitor, you know. And so the nurse, she was... Um, she cooperated, and the baby was fine for two minutes. And then they rushed her back and did an emergency C-section. The anesthesiologist came out and said, thank you so much. You did such a great job. The nurse said, you did a great job bringing her in here because I was running because, like, I wasn't monitoring the baby when I was going up the steps. I mean, going in the elevator, but I, I got her to the hospital on time. The mom and the baby are fine. And they're very happy, you know. So do emergencies happen? Yes, they do. 
Um, is it like that's the first abruption that I, I've had. I've never had one, and I've been a midwife for 34 years. And the abruption is when the placenta The placenta uh, separates. Com- separates from the uterine and wall. And that's bad. Like that's, bad. Yeah, it's bad. And the, we were fortunate because sometimes it separates from the uterine wall and you don't see the bleeding because it's called a cult. Like it gets stuck in that little sack right uh-huh. there, and so you don't see it. But I saw it, and I kept saying, that's too much, and I saw a clot. I was like, that's just too much blood and you're one centimeter so dilated. So when, when it's separated from the wall, then it's disconnected from the mom? It's, it's disconnected from the mom and the baby's not getting the maximum amount of oxygen that it needs because the baby gets its oxygen from the placenta that when it's attached to the mom. So even a little bit can be very like compromising. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. it can be very com- uh, compromising. So um, they're very happy. The hospital is very happy. And... Uh, I, when I have time, because I still haven't done it, I just want to talk about the protocols about the hospital because, you know, the nurse was following protocol. Uh, She's not in the system. She don't get on a monitor. She and, can't borrow a monitor. <laughs> she can't get on until she's in the system, even if it's an emergency. But uh, because the doctor was still there and heard me request, um, then it, it, was, wow. it happened. Can you I mean, that would have been on their hands. It yeah, would have been on their hands totally. because I asked. Just because she wasn't in the system. She wasn't in the system. And she was there typing. She wasn't, you know, she was putting all the information in. But, um, yeah, yeah, that was. So do. do it's like paperwork first, mother, baby second. <laughs> yeah. Th- that's what happened. Um, and so do, do um, emergency situations happen? Yes. But not all the time. Uh and it's a, a small percentage of, of cases where I have to bring women to the hospital. I would say 7% of my moms have to go to the hospital. 4% are because they haven't dealt with their emotional issues. Because yeah, uh-huh. we all have emotional things. 3% is something physical. There's so, like there is something physical going on, and, uh, and it's beyond normal for the out-of-hospital birth. So we go. So we go. I had a mom who didn't tell me about uh, a cervical surgery that she had 20 years earlier so that when she actually went into labor, her cervix didn't open up. And when I finally got it to start opening up, she had been contracting for so long. During the second day, she was really tired. She said, I'm done. And I was like, I understand because she got to seven and I just needed her to get to eight. But she was like, I'm going in and getting the baby cut out because I'm tired. She oh, had been, wow. she had actually been doing it. And so I told her, I said, if you have another baby, it, it, it's not an issue. And I totally understood because she was handling the contractions. She was, but she was exhausted. And she, even though she had the ability to eat, she didn't eat that much. And she was a little girl. I mean, a little woman. Uh, mm-hmm. And so she needed more. And I, I encouraged her, but she was like, no, nah, I don't want to eat. And so it's different when they tell you you can't eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's different. Mm-hmm. I was giving her some uh, honey, you know, honey sticks and trying to build up her energy. But it had been a long time. So does that happen? Yes, it does. And we totally, we, we totally... Um, both were in agreement that it's time to go. So that was an example of a physical That's obstacle. A, mm-hmm, a physical What's an obstacle. example? Like, I guess 
you know, all, all like taking this natural route is new to me, and mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of people listening. I have a question mm-hmm. for you. What did you think when I told? I've never even asked you that. What did you think when I, when I told you, I'm going the. I want to have my baby at home. So let me put a f- footnote so I can come back. <laughs> uh, I wanted some examples. I'll ask you in a minute. Examples of like when someone hasn't dealt with all their emotional oh, stuff. Oh, I got that. Okay, okay. all mm-hmm. right. So uh, when Marisol was like, "Hey, um, thinking about." But did you did you said like Rania and you knew a couple people that had had done it natural besides your grandmother besides my mom. Mm-hmm. Oh no, we might have to get that. Cause no, no, no. you sure? Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Contractions. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I don't know how to do it. I got it on off the volume, but it's still ringing. Maybe I can turn it off. Turn it off. Oh no, no, don't turn it off. Okay. <laughs> it's mom's out there. Yeah, counting on you. Uh, so. So uh, my, when Mighty Soul said, I want to take the natural route, I was, I'm pretty open-minded, and um, I trust and respect, you know, her. And I'm not biased mm-hmm. toward – I had one experience with my daughter, right, my 10-year-old. Right, right. I had one experience in the hospital. Mm-hmm. I can't say it was, like, the best, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in terms of, like, customer service, if right, you will. Right, right. But, um, but, you know, when, when I first went – did I go to the first one? Yeah, I didn't make it to the first one, mm-hmm. but when I first met you guys mm-hmm. and she told me like you're gonna love it, you know, it's it's hugs and they greet mm-hmm. you and it's it's just warm and very like cozy and loving and just natural. It, there was nothing like pretentious or nothing that's like it's about money or it's right. about um you're just a number, right. anything like that. Um so I was just very open minded. And we and appreciate I we I appreciate um, dads like that because I have um, moms who I want to come but my husband said I can't come. My partner said I can't come. And I'm like, he got a vagina. <laughs> you know? Yeah, how can you dictate? How can yeah, you dictate? But, and then they don't come and I always say that I'm a divorced woman. And clearly there were some things that I wasn't compromising on. But that one, you could like, like you can't tell me like how I'm going to birth my kid. Like, that's just not... Yeah, that's kind of how I felt. I'm letting you know what I'm going to do. I'm not asking you for permission. Like, no offense to him. I love him to pieces. But, you know... What if I was like, in my house, all of my babies, I instruct my baby maker machine... It wasn't, it wasn't his option. I was just letting you know what right. my plans were, right. and I'm letting you know this is what I want to do. Right. And, 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 um, but also, I didn't want him to come to the first meeting. When I, because, because I just wanted to, I wanted to uh, kind of fill, fill it, it out. out. Uh. Like, you know, I knew mentally always this is what I wanted, but I, right. I never had a need to experience right, it. Right, so right, I was like, yeah. no, I need for the first time. I don't need you there. Right. I need I need that. I need to see if I have a bond with this and person that's so, first. That's so interesting because some moms like no, he's got to come here the first time, and I'm like, oh, okay. Because my thing is, if you're gonna shop around, why don't you shop around? Pick three of us, and then he don't have to go to each one. Yeah. It's like unless he likes to go shopping, and I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how many men. Why to go? Oh, some do. Some don't mind going shopping, and but they're like, no, he's gonna go to each and every one. I was like, okay, fine, I'm good with that. Yeah, I, I didn't. I did, I felt kind of like, eh, I don't. I don't need That's you to good. be there. No. You know, I That's just kind of felt like that was my time to. Because I had already, I told you, I'd already done my research right, with right. birthing centers, right. and and um, I just kind of was like, this is someone who's actually 
has a center. It's not a hospital, right. a center in the hospital. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's uh, Texas. Texas children, they have the center in the hospital. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so I just kind of felt like, yeah, no, this is not what I, I, you know, that's I not what you picture. Yeah, yeah. That's not so what I want to. I want to know what. Let me go figure it out on my own right. first, and then right. I'll come back and consult with you. This is what I figured out, and this right. is what I feel is the best option right. for me. Did you want to jump back to the uh, yes, emotional I'm ready, question? Yes, yeah. oh, for sure. So I had a mom who um, didn't have the best relationship with her mom, and she was afraid that she was going to be the same kind of mom her mom was. Uh-huh. And I told her, that's not, like, you already, you already know what you don't want, and you know the things that you didn't get, so you're going to give your daughter something different. But then she surrounded herself by her family who um, was not very supportive of, of the out-of-hospital birth. She was having a baby in the birth center. And I was like, I really don't think that uh, your cousin should come. Oh, no, my cousin loves me, and I love my cousin. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I totally understand that, but it's about energy. And so she came and she really wasn't in labor. And she was a single mom too. She really wasn't in labor. And so I sent her home and then they came back and she still wasn't in labor, but we went for a walk and the cousin starts saying, this is taking too long. And I'm wow. like, yeah, but you're not even in labor yet. And she was like, yeah. This is... Then she starts saying it was taking too long. And so the cousin, She got in, in her head. She got it in her head. And so we waited a little while and I was like... And, and really, it was her emotions not allowing her cervix to open up. Because then, when it opened up, she was going to be a mother. And then the real thing was going to start, right? Even though I tell moms all the time, the baby's inside, you're a mama right now, blah, blah, blah. But they don't have to change diapers. They don't have to, you know, there's a lot. There's the second part of mothering when the baby actually comes out. So we go to the hospital, and then whoosh. All her family members are there. And they're treating me like crap because they're like, I don't know what you were trying to do that for. You know, I don't know what kind of... And so I didn't say any of that to my client. But then um, her best friend came and said, they are treating a fool badly out there. And so then the baby crashed. She said, I'm going to end this. And the heart rate went crazy. And she didn't even have an epidural yet. Because the little girl knew who I am. Like, we friends. Just like your little girl, Penelope knows who I am. Mm-hmm. And she was like, because then it's out, it's out of my control when you go to the hospital, and let's just end this. So they were going to give her general anesthesia. That's just to put her out. But then they took her back into the operating room. The heart rate got fine, but the doctor was like, we don't want that to happen again. So they had time to give her an epidural. and Her uh, heart rate or the, the baby's, baby's heart rate? The baby's heart rate. The baby's heart rate went there. Because the baby was like, this is too much. Like, this is, like, and it's about energy. And that's one of the differences between most of the time when women go to the hospital and, and have an out-of-hospital birth is because when you go to the hospital, you don't know the nurse. You don't know the anesthesiologist. You don't know any of the, those are people you're meeting for the first time. If your physician shows up, it's at the end. Mm-hmm. Unless he or she is there delivering another baby, they might come in and check on you. But otherwise, they don't see you to the end. Mm-hmm. You're pushing boom, boom, boom. So she had a C-section, and her family members were still digging it. You're not even going to be able to breastfeed. Look, you had that C-section. She breastfed for three years. 
Oh. And when I tell you she's the best, she, like that little girl, like, and so you, because the birth center's at my house, they stop by all the time. So I'll be interviewing, uh, uh, having a consultation. She'll come by. She said, look, don't be like me. Listen to Afua. Listen, Afua says the people shouldn't come. Don't let them come. She says, the next time I do it, I'm going to do it right, and I'm going to be prepared. She even knew. It's always those plus one people. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> those plus one people always mess something up. Yeah, I'm not letting anybody be here. I don't care. My my mom, just the other day, I don't know, I was sitting on the couch, and she called to see how I was doing. I think I told you about yeah, it. Yeah. And she just called, and, and so she asked me again, are you sure you're, <laughs> you know, you're having a home birth? And I said, hey, so about this home yes, birth Yes, right, <laughs> you know, and she was like, and, you know, I got aggravated. I, it's, I mean, I, I honestly could have taken it like I, sh- I shouldn't have gotten that upset. Right. It was so annoying to me. You're going to have to say it in Spanish. No. Like, <laughs> it was so uh-huh. annoying. I was like, uh, I'm like, why are you asking me that? She's like, with your condition? I'm like, I don't have a condition. condition. No, you got fibroids. fibroids. You got fibroids. There, there's no condition. Mm-hmm. I was like, you think? You think if I had a condition, I'd be able to still work out this late in my I pregnancy? I know. It like, is amazing. You, like, you see these guns? Mom. <laughs> like, you know, like I, tricep, I was mom. so mad. And, and uh, my sister actually just told me, she goes, well, I had lunch with mom. And she said, um, you know, I can't believe that she doesn't want to come. You know, she doesn't want. She goes, no, no, no. She goes. Do you know, is she, is she going to call us when, you know, when she's in labor? And she, my sister's like, no, she says she's not calling anybody. She'll let you know when the, she'll call baby's, when the baby's born. Yeah, right, yeah. right, right. And so she was like, what? I'm her mother. This is my first grandchild. She's not going to let me be there. I was like, no, I'm not letting anybody be there. And it has nothing to do with, I don't want them there. Like, uh, it's more of an energy thing that yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. I don't need nobody else to make me nervous or mm-hmm. make me... None uh, of that. Like, feel like, oh, my God, or, you know, or scared because right. this is the stress, first time. Stress There's... is going to release a different hormone. Yeah. And now it's clashing with the other hormone. Yeah. Yeah. Hormones. yeah. Yeah. So that's why I said it's just going to be yeah. Pete and I mm-hmm. and, Ching yeah. and I and just, you know, we're going to call it a day and then that's all I'm doing. Yeah. Use yeah. my government name, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Pedro. I do, I do have a question. Yes. And people are actually asking questions on here. Okay. Um, and they're wanting, okay, so. Here's when I have a question for you. Midwife, the way I'm using you, versus hospitals that provide midwives. Okay. Because someone said they had a baby mm-hmm. and they used a midwife in the, at hospital. the hospital. Correct. Yeah. So uh, midwife in the hospital is what we, what her title is a certified nurse midwife. She can work in the hospital. First, she was a registered nurse and then she got a master's in midwifery. I chose not to go that route because I never wanted to be able to have to work in the hospital. And you know when times are hard, like, you know, you're an entertainer. Well, sometimes you're not entertaining. Sometimes we off. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes you off. And then that little bank account's like, ooh, we needed it. And so I would have to go into the hospital. But I chose not to do that uh, because uh, I never wanted to work in the hospital. I actually, I'm from Connecticut. And I graduated from Brown University, and I'm from New Haven, where there's Yale. And I could have gone to a program where, since I had a bachelor's, I can become a certified nurse midwife in three years. 
but that's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to learn midwifery from the ground up. So I went to Houston School of Midwifery. It was a three-year program. Then I worked there for three years. So that's a total of six. And then I was fortunate that um, the people that I came to Houston to be with, they were already midwives. So even after six years of being a midwife, they would. I attended births with them. They attended births with me. And so now that I'm in my 34th year, I feel comfortable enough to have students mm. to um, to be able to teach other midwives how to be midwives. And so the thing about being in the hospital is that you're under the tutelage of the doctor. Mm-hmm. And I do, you, you met Dr. De Ayala, but he not all up in my stuff. Yeah. You know, and and so even though we consulted him, you went to go see him, and if there is an emergency, we can go to him. That's all well and good, but um, that's just not how I wanted to practice. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm glad that I live in a time when there is a hospital because, God forbid, what would have happened to that baby if the, I had no yeah. hospital to go to, right? So I do. And so and when I go take a mom into the hospital, I didn't go to Dr. De Ayala because he was too far and she was bleeding. I went to the closest hospital. And so, and, and so you make those kind of determinations. And when you go in there, even though they had met me, it was so funny because... One of the nurses who wasn't the one entering the information, she said, oh, I know you. She said, uh, I follow cele- Eclectic Vibes as one of my clients, and you're her midwife. And so the doctor said, you know her? Oh, yeah, she's an Instagram midwife. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And so, but typically, they don't know me. Like, and so, but I go in there with the records, and I explain what's going on, and then they take the mom and, you know, deal with If Some doctors will come out and ask me questions, some act like I'm nothing. So, so, but when I have to take a mom in, it's because she needs something that's outside of normal for out of hospital birth. Got it. Okay. And then another one, another person on here asked, um, is it possible to have a home birth with a history of miscarriage and premature labor? Now, um, it depends on what your miscarriages are for and premature labor, how far you are. Uh, some women have to get a cerclage, and a cerclage is a stitch uh, to stitch up your cervix to keep it closed, um, and you get that around 12 weeks. I don't do that, but I have had moms who, after they get their cerclage, they get it taken out at 37 weeks, then they're normal just like everybody else, and so, you know, and I can follow them through their pregnancy, um, and so, but first, in terms of the miscarriages, we have to, one miscarriage, two miscarriages, but then you start looking at what her, her, um, prostaglandin, prostag- prostaglandin levels are, and they might have to get some of those to hold the pregnancy before the placenta takes over. Right and progesterone. Progesterone is a hormone that we think about, um, and in terms of more a male thing, but it also helps the baby grow in the beginning. And so, a lot of times, women who've had serial miscarriages get progesterone. Like as soon as they, some women take it before they get pregnant, and then take it until the baby is like uh, has a gestation, uh, fifteen, sixteen weeks when the placenta. Can take over, so there has to be a determination of why a mom is having so many miscarriages. Got it. Okay. Um, 
And I guess, I know you said you've been a midwife for 34 years. Mm -hmm. Um, What actually made you want to become a midwife? Like, what influenced you Mm -hmm. or, you know? No, easy. I was going to be an obstetrician. I was at that Ivy League school to be an obstetrician. That's why I spent all that money. Uh, And uh, I was going to go to medical school. And one time I was seen in a clinic by a midwife. And I was like, they still have those? And uh, so I said, that's what I am. So I graduated, and um, I looked for a place to study midwifery the way I wanted to study it. And at the time, in the early 80s, direct entry midwifery wasn't legal in Connecticut. What does that mean? That means that I don't have to be a nurse. Like, Got you can it. go to school, and but you don't have to be a nurse. There are still 20 states where... I'm not legal to practice now. Oh. North Carolina's one. I think Arizona. There's a lot. Uh, uh, Illinois. There's a lot of states where. And then there are gray states like California and uh, Georgia where it's not legal, but it's not illegal. Mm. And, but they don't. Like me, after you have her, I fill out the birth certificate and all that. In a gray state area, you can't do that. They have the the couple has to apply for the birth certificate themselves. I wonder, in those states that don't allow it, I, I'm curious, just I guess like legislation-wise or the, the powers that be, if, they, it if it's the, like a the doctor's AMA, union. The AMA, the American Medical Association, has the biggest lobbying group Lobby. in, the, uh, in the country, and they, they don't like what we do. And so they lobby against They're us. They're like, no, this is bad for business. <laughs> yeah, it is. These and, beds are getting empty. But really only at this point, it's less than 2% of women have their baby outside the hospital. So 4%. Is that yeah, It's low? that little bit. It's that little bit. And there are like 4% have it in the hospital with a, a midwife. But it's less than 2%. Yeah, and I, would, I used to say 1%, but they're telling me that the numbers are going up some. But... When they look at what we do, because you see now, oh, this is home-like. The advertisement for the hospital, this is home-like. No, it's not. It doesn't even look like that. Oh, it's so pretty. It's this. But managed care is um, an assembly line. That's what they do in the hospital. It's like you you come in when you're in labor. That Even if you're contracting, they're going to give you Pitocin. You get Pitocin. You're going to need it. There are very few women who can get Pitocin and don't get an epidural because it hurts like I don't know what, mm-hmm. right? And then it takes you to a whole nother level. Then they strap you down in the bed. And then it's like, oh, I'm sorry, it's taking too long. Uh, so it's about that time, you know? My moms who get a C-section, they know they needed a C-section. You know, they know for either physiological, hormonal, mental, they needed a C-section. They don't have a lot of, like, so they're sad because, you know, they were planning on the home birth or a birth center birth, and it didn't happen that way. But we could sit down and go through everything and say, yeah, we did this, we did that, we did the other. There was nothing else we could do. Mm-hmm. You know what's interesting is that um, one of my big questions and things that I want to just go back to over and over again is myths and assumptions. Okay. And one of the myth, one of the assumptions is, um, I'm sure child labor. You know, there's certain there's pain that comes right. with it, no matter what. Right. Right. But you have to have an epidural. You have to get that needle because it hurts that bad. And I feel like what the, the part of the puzzle that sometimes people don't take into consideration is 
is it, is it the Pitocin that's causing like abnormal? Okay, so the pain hurts. The contractions hurt. But then the Pitocin makes it go to another level. But the one of the, let's say a mom gets in and she's not even getting Pitocin, but being strapped into that bed, not being able to move around, like that has to be the worst. And I mean, they even will put in a Foley catheter so you don't even get up and go pee. It just, you know, so you're just in the bed having this pain after pain after pain. And so there are, um, the women who have the best hospital experience have the best nurses. What they'll tell you is my nurse was the bomb. And, and that's, oh, that's 100% across the board. My nurse came in and she was like, oh yeah, we're going to do this. We're doing this. But for other nurses who it's just a job, it's just a job. And then and the you nurse come is in there more than the yeah, doctor. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, you come in there like, oh, I want a natural nat birth. Oh, because they're not even used to hearing birth sounds. Uh, uh, they're not used to that. And so when they hear that, they're like, oh, man, here we go. I mean, I wish that the medical model of care in the United States was a place where most women could go and experience the childbirth that they want. But what happens a lot of times is women don't even know what they're going in there for. Probably they don't know how, how it's getting ready to go. They don't know that their doctor's not going to be there. They don't, like, they, they, they don't even ask the questions. They don't ask questions, so what's your, your, what's your C-section rate? Mm -hmm. You know, they don't have any of those. They, they, don't, they just go in because they're pregnant and... Uh, People say, uh, this is where you're supposed to go. And I get a lot of women in my office, a lot of midwives do, after women have not had the birth that they expected in the hospital, they come in now. And then they're asking all the questions. And I'm like, did you ask those questions to your doctor the first time? No. I was like, yeah, why? Because but when you go buy a car, you're like, hey, well, so what's up? What's this one? What am I? I'm doing a, mileage. Yeah, mileage <laughs> and this and what's the performance Warranty. level and yeah. I, you know you ask all those questions, but and and then the worst one is well, I went to him because my cousin went to him. I said, did your cousin have vaginal? No, she had to have a C-section. Yeah, I had to have a C-section too. So what makes him a good doctor? What makes her a good doctor? If everybody's having this, well, we needed it. You know, I said, okay. And then later on, they, they, they look and say, well, well, maybe this could have been done a little bit different. But I don't blame women. I'm like, I want, as a midwife, I only want somebody who want to be out of the hospital. You don't yeah, want to be out of the hospital. Yeah, it's got to be a personal yeah. choice, for I, sure. You don't want to be there. Like, a woman came to interview me. And because... Her friend had a baby with me and is totally in love with me. And she wanted her friend to have the same experience. And she was looking at the, the, the client, the pregnant woman was looking at me like, I said, so what are you here for? <laughs> I said, why are you wasting your time? I said, because this is not what you want. Now, the husband wanted it. Her friend wanted it. She said, well, how can you tell? I said, because the way you look in your body language, you know, like, you, like something is being forced on you. That's not, I'm not, ma'am, go take your money and go somewhere else and get your experience. Well, can I at least see the place? And I said, yeah, you can. And and the husband was like, she's so nice, she's so this, this, she, you know, da, 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 da. but he wasn't the one having the baby. She was, and they didn't come back.
And her little friend, <laughs> her little friend's like, yeah, no, they're going to the hospital. I said, I told you. Because really what I wanted to say, why are you wasting my time? But, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. you can't say that. Because <laughs> to me, a C-section means emergency. Well, like, like it should resort. last resort to me. But look, look, like let me it tell you. Be. No, no, no. Let me tell you something. That's what it should be. So I had a woman that come to my office at 32 weeks. She had uh, a baby six years ago, and she had a C-section. She went back to the same doctor because the doctor told her she could have a V-back. A V-back is a vaginal birth after a cesarean. She got to 32 weeks, and he started telling her, no, no, you you know, you're you, going to have to have another C-section. She said, well, you know, in the beginning of the pregnancy, you told me I can have my vaginal delivery. He was Caucasian. She's black. He told her, Latina women and black women's bodies are not made to have a baby. And she came to ask me that question. And I said, what? what? She can't, she, yeah, I said, you, you, you came to ask me that question? And so, so I, t- I gave her all of these options about how she could have her baby because it was late in the pregnancy, finances, blah, blah, blah. I said, you can even come and labor here. So I have a service where women who feel com- want to still deliver in the hospital, you come for, like, at the end for a little bit of prenatal care. When you go into labor, you can labor, and especially when they're delivering in the medical center, I get to the nine centimeters dilated. You go off and go push the baby out. Mm. And she was like, oh, well, I don't know. And she said, I think I'm going to stay with my doctor. I said, well, she said, because God is going to see her through. I said, well, God was there when you had your first C-section. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be that same God that's going to be there with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't say what she was going to have. Yeah. But if God, I mean, God was there when you had your first C-section for nothing. Yeah, yeah. For nothing. I can't believe a doctor said that to somebody. I can't either. And I got the name in here, and I was just going to wait for her to have her baby. She's like, oh, no, you can confront him now. I was like, Mm-mm. And she still went back. And she still went back. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly, she wasn't my client. (laughs) Um, One thing, though, I I will say is when I've attended the prenatal groups that you Uh have. Group prenatal. uh prenatal, um, What I love about them is that everyone who is there is on the same level as far as, like, the way you feel and think about things. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, they have their own way of doing those things. Mm -hmm. And so I told him, I thought it was pretty cool because I'd never heard about, uh, what is it? The Lotus Lotus birth. Yeah. Lotus Lotus birth. birth, Yeah. A Lotus birth is when you don't detach the baby from the placenta at all. And it will, the, the cord will fall off in a couple of days. And so you get herbs and a pouch and you put the herbs in. And so the placenta doesn't smell. It dries up, has salt and all these different herbs and you put in there, it doesn't smell, and uh, you just carry the baby and the placenta. So it seems like, oh, how hard that is, but you're not taking the baby out anyway, so it's not like you're going to attach it in a car seat. And so, and it takes three to four days, and it, and it comes off. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it continues to kind of pump, and, and the baby doesn't well, need it to gets breastfeed? All of it. No, no, it gets, no, no, no. The it's baby breastfeeds, no, the baby breastfeeds, the, the cord basically will dry up in two days. It's just a gentle removal of the cord. Mm-hmm. There's no snoop, mm-hmm. you know. It's a gentle removal. It happens on its own. Yeah, it happens on its own because it just the baby will kick it or whatever, whatever, and it's, it's over. Mm-hmm. One of my students did that. 
And back when I was having kids, they didn't ha- they didn't talk about herbs to put on there. You put it in a bowl, and you kept changing the water out. That was smelly. I wasn't thinking about doing that. You yeah. made blood. Like, yeah. you know, so I wasn't doing I that. I don't know that I could do that. No, just I because do uh, We have a steak right here. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to do, so going to the placenta, um, because every time I tell someone that I'm going to eat my placenta, they're like, the encapsulation. They, they think they're like, savage. Like, they think, like, they think uh, what is that, uh, Cannibalism? No, the what is that zombie show? Uh, Walking Walking Dead. Dead. (laughs) They picture like me just eating the placenta. No, it's not like that. You know, like blood around your mouth. Yeah, with blood around. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's 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 about encapsulation, and one of the reasons why, like, for you, I haven't uh, during the course of your prenatal care, I haven't seen hormonal dips um, because. Placental encapsulation is really good for that. I think that it's going to be good, and you don't have to leave her, so it's not like you're going to have to um, uh, go back to work and uh, and breastfeeding. The milk goes, your milk supply goes down when you you know have to return to work. But because of the one thing of the fibroids, I'm hoping that it might help to shrink those also mm-hmm. because it's such a healing thing. Now, your fibroids might shrink some on their own already, but um, in terms of uh, the afterbirth pains, you're a first-time mom, and sometimes you don't feel it, but because of the fibroids, you might feel it, and the placenta, uh, the pills might help with to ease that, mm. you know, because they're, 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 your fibroids are significant. I forgot the girl's name who was sitting next to me at the last group prenatal, mm-hmm. and she told me that it helped with her hormones. Like yeah. She said her husband, uh, she was like cranky. Her husband was like, you had one of them pills yet? You know, it was oh, like, yeah. you oh, ain't yeah, had no. one of them pills yet. And the, for you, it's going to be for energy also. Like, you're high energy, but you have no idea what the sleep deprivation is going to be when she comes. And uh, even though you're going to have help, like, they really help. The pills really, really help with, with energy also. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Were you ever a doula first, um, Afua, or were you just you straight midwife? Okay, so no, I was... Um, so a doula is a woman who supports a woman in labor. Okay. Are you from Houston? I am. You remember Jeff Davis? The hospital Jeff yeah, Davis? Uh-huh. Okay. The haunted... <laughs> That's where people go when it's Halloween. Yeah, well, it's now the Federal Reserve yeah. building, so it's real high now. But um, Jeff Davis was uh, a hospital that had a lot of births. I think it was the most in the, I know it was the most in the city, and I think it was the most in the state in the beginning. And they had four women to a room that uh, only a curtain separated them, and babies precepted. They came out all the time because. Um, women would come in there to the third, fourth baby, and there wasn't enough work uh, nurses to handle it. And then, uh, so family members really couldn't go back there a lot, right? They can go for a little bit, but if somebody's starting to have a baby, it's like, okay, you all got to go. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then they would wheel you down the hall. They only had one C-section room. They had six rooms, and so the women would go there, and the medical students would see one and then deliver one, right? Uh, and uh, so there was a team of researchers that said, we think that um, women would have a smoother birth 
if they had somebody there to support them, mm-hmm. right? And so because I was a midwifery student, I heard about the uh, I heard about the program, and so I en- I enlisted in the program. Now we were just there to support the moms, like they weren't Got we it. weren't called doulas at the time, but that's where one of the places where the doula system came into play came into play. So, and I got to see a lot of births that way. Like, okay. So, uh, but in my midwifery training, we were taught to do what doulas do. So even with my students, even though some of them started out as doulas, like I would be very disappointed that when they become full fledged midwives, that they didn't do what I taught them to do and what they know to do is because there's a separation that happens when you allow a doula to do the work that as a midwife we were taught to do, right? And we're there to support you. We're not there to just come in, do a vaginal exam, and sit down. That's how I was taught. Now, there are midwives who encourage um, their clients who have out-of-hospital births to hire a doula, for me, it, when and, and so some doulas don't like the fact that I said, no, nah, y'all need a doula, because that's how I was trained. And we actually do the work. Um, one of my goals is to reduce the high infant and maternal mortality and morbidity in this country. What cool. that means is morbidity is the death, more, I mean, is sickness, mortality is death. We have high rates, okay? And that's across the board. And I heard it's higher in... uh, In Texas. Well, yeah, in black and Latino women. No, it's higher in black women. Latina women are actually better than white women. Uh, Your numbers are actually better than white women. But across the board, we're dying too much. There are... The um, World Health Organization listed 50 countries. We're... Who... And the top ones have the best, like they have, their numbers are small, and we're like 50th. So there are 49 countries who have better rates than we do, and we spend more money than all of them. Oh, wow. All of those other countries, there are countries in Africa who have better numbers than us. And you know they don't spend that much money that we, mm. that we spend. And so I went to a conference given by doctors about why they thought our numbers are so high. They said because uh, women are obese, they have diabetes, they have hypertension, and they're drug addicts. And I was like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And because it's the system under which women have to go through when they go to the hospital. Nobody knows them. There's no there's no continuity of care. Like even just being in the hospital. And then even when you go to a doctor, most times there are some doctors who spend a, a, a half an hour with a client. Mm-hmm. There are some who do. Most of the time you're in there ten minutes. You're in there ten minutes in and out. You you know if you come in with a list of questions, I had a mom tell me one time I had ten questions, and the doctor told me I could ask one this time, I could ask another one next time. (laughs) Okay. Of course. Yeah. So, but we're dying, and the and as as an African American midwife, the only way I see our numbers are going to get better is if I raise more African American midwives, because you know racism is real and um, there is a documentary called Unnatural Causes and in it it says the reason why our ba- see 
Our babies die three to four times the rate of white babies. Our moms die twice as much as white women die. And the reason why it is that is because of racism. And you say, oh, racism? How does that play? So we all know Serena. Mm-hmm. I don't have to say the tennis star Serena. Uh-huh. She just had a baby. Uh-huh. Now, I read before she had the baby. She's like, yep, and I'm getting my epidural. I was like, okay, that's going to be a problem because she has a history of blood clots, mm. right? And she has to take heparin. That mm. breaks up the blood clots. And a, a, a epidural increases your risk of having a C-section, okay? If it increases your risk of having a C-section, well, you can't have heparin because heparin um, thins out your blood so you could bleed a whole bunch and a blood clot can break off. And, and so she had the baby. I mean, she had her epidural. The baby's heart rate went down. They did an emergency C-section. And the next day, she um, she said, oh, she couldn't breathe. And she told the nurse, hey, I need my heparin drip and I need a CAT scan because I can't breathe. And they said, oh, you're fine. You're fine. Go back to bed. <laughs> and so then they gave her they gave her a ultrasound. She said, it's not an ultrasound. You can't see it on the ultrasound. I need my heparin and I need a CAT scan. And so right before she passed out, they gave her a CAT scan. They saw the blood clot, gave her the stuff. Now, they told her, no, you're fine. Her husband is a billionaire. She might be a billionaire all on her own. But that black woman told, I mean, she, because she was, they didn't listen to her. She almost died. And then her, because she was coughing, trying to breathe, her stitches came apart. She had to have surgery a couple more times. Oh, my God. It was like, she was like, oh, it was bad. Wow. It was bad. And so living, so when I say racism, eat the stress of being black in this country is not easy. Mm. Like, you know, and I'm glad I'm a woman because being a man is even worse, right? And so just living is hard enough. I was in the store the other day. They followed me around. I said, I got money. I got mo- I'm not going to steal your stuff. And the little Asian man kept talking. Like, oh, yeah, she's going to say it. And I was like, I just left the store. You know, and that happens all the time. It happens all the time. So when you're pregnant and you're dealing with just living while black, that's even more stress, mm. right? And so we bring that with us to birth. Mm. So with my client, all my clients, I'm like, so how's it going? What's going on? What are we going to? Everybody. Mm-hmm. And for you, you've been really good. You're blessed to have a wonderful husband hey. and great. <laughs> yeah, you're blessed. <laughs> I'm saying that. Part. Really? Yeah, you know. And it's not just because y'all are who you are that you don't want to share, oh, this was really hard. He a human being, so I know it ain't easy every day. Yeah. It ain't mm-hmm. easy every day. But y'all have made a conscious decision to be a couple and make this thing work, mm-hmm. right? And your biggest thing is like, oh, my Penelope's little friends. Yeah. You know, how they doing? Yeah. But so far, so good. Mm-hmm. So far, so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so 
One, I want to say thank you for allowing me to be your midwife. Oh yeah, for sure. You, I mean, you were my. Oh sorry, you were my first choice. I mean, <laughs> well, no, no. Let me say, you were on my three list. on my list. Yeah, your top yeah. three on my top three because I did do my research first. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I think any woman who wants should. a midwife should just should. I don't want to make it seem like I'm just trying to sell my midwife because I but think yeah. she's the best. She's the best. I'm the best for, for you. you. Exactly. I'm yeah. the best for you. Exactly. And I hope if there's anybody out there that wants a midwife go and find a midwife check it out even if you end up with an obstetrician in the end you at least did your research and, and ruled us out most women don't even rule us out okay? i think a lot of times people don't consider it an option because i don't know if it's propaganda or what but it's like you know let's just say like my mom she had both my older sisters with uh, midwives uh-huh. but you know, it's like it's almost like people forget. So it's kind of yeah. like, wait, but we came to this country to have op- um, that, access yeah. mm-hmm. to, to hospitals and professionals and people that know and medicines right. and the instruments right. and the tools. They don't understand that that's not necessarily what you need to get a baby out because I used to, before social media, I did television commercials, I did radio, mm. I did, and I did them in, in Spanish also. And so I got more calls, and they were like, yeah, yeah, we have apartheidists in our country, we came here for the doctors. And But when I tell you, they would get cut up, they would get, I'd be like, okay, like, okay. Well, yeah, because a midwife is considered... Uh, Not the, educated, or for the, the poor, poor people. The old, the old yeah. country. But you yeah. know what? The So, in the beginning, the Majority of my clients were Caucasian, but then the second group were Latinas, but of your class in terms of education and research, even before the internet and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I had a lot of um, business owners, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, Latina women from different countries, but they thought and they, they, you know, I'm not saying everybody don't think, that's not, don't get me wrong. And their family members were not for what they were doing. Right. Their right. family members, but they they had a vision. Mm-hmm. Let me say they had a vision. And so now I got everybody. The black people were the last to come, but they here now. Pulling <laughs> up the we pulling up the rear. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of my thing. Mm-hmm. It was like um, I never cared to have children, first of all. <laughs> so... But I knew that if I ever did have a right. child ever mm-hmm. in my life, that's the route I right. wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And only because I, I think I told you when I went to you, I never forget my grandmother made the comment. She said, I had all my kids at home. None of this yeah, was all happening. This, yeah, you know, right, like, right, so she right. just felt like too much was happening. And my aunt actually didn't have any an epidural or anything. Right. But hers was because she's afraid of needles. Right. Yeah, so, hey, whatever, you know? whatever it takes. Yeah. I wish that were the case for so many women because women will say, oh, I got right to the end. And then I say, yeah, but everybody at the end asks for it. Yeah. Like, they're like, oh, at, even at home, I don't know if I can do this. And I say, give me a half an hour. And then the baby be out. I, I don't even know if this is true because I've never had a child and and I know that everyone says it's like yeah wait till you have it it's gonna be you're gonna wish you had it you're gonna wish you had that epidural blah 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 blah. Here here's what I think I think um, those are probably people that were pumped up with pitocin anyway. Well, but. I also think that as a female, if you are connected to your body, and you listen to your body, and you're kind of like in tuned with yourself. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but I think it can be easier the deal to kind of deliver, you know? The, the, this is the real deal. It's going to hurt. Right. But 
it's what women give up when they get an epidural is their power. They don't know how strong they are. They don't know. It's like because, you know, in your years that you've been here, you've gone through down times, up times, da, 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 and but after you push her out, when that hard time come again, you'll be like, uh-huh, but I pushed her out. I could get through this. Yeah. And so when we get an epidural and there isn't a, like, I look at my kids right now. I remember that pain. Do what I say. Do I ain't playing with you. Like, did you not? Did you, you, because I what I used to do was on their birthday at the time they were born I used to reenact the birth and we could be in a restaurant <laughs> and we could be wherever ah! oh, they were like please my son turned 21 he was like not today can we not do that today I was like look it's five more minutes that means I'm in pain right now I'm and dying I so it's time for you to be here but but that's what we give up. Now, when I go to the dentist, shoot me up because I ain't getting nothing. Yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm just, you know. But when you get your baby and you see your baby, yeah. it is like, like, it's like, uh, 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 uh. oh, she here. Yeah. Now, your vagina burns. Yeah, of course. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I mean, your yeah, vagina holds this your little. Your vagina is burning. And it's about to but she's spit here. out a human, she you know? Here. You are touching her. It's like, that's what you look like. Oh, you look just like the ultrasound. Oh, you, you, it's like she here. Yeah. And so there is no greater reward. For sure. There's, yeah, so, I'm sure. Yeah, there's no greater reward. That's what I'm saying. I just think a lot of it um, has to do with we're taught to be afraid. Mm -hmm. It's going to hurt. Um, you know, in you're not going to be able to go through it. You in know? some cultures, there is no word for pain when you when they talk about labor because it just is. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh yeah, she's gonna have a baby. Like, yeah. But it's not pain because and they be swinging in the trees and because that's just culturally, yeah, it started, and then they grunt and then they push the baby out. What What do you mean the tree? Like, um, there are cultures in um, South America. Where they're back in the bush and they have hammocks and they're in the hammock swinging, you know, when they're in labor. And so when I'm literally there in a tree swinging and uh, uh, there's some women who hold on to the tree like that's their culture. And they they squat and they have a, a rope or something and they squat and they push the baby out. And so it's just. It's like we you can squat, right? My but, girlfriend had hers like that. Yeah, yeah she's you squatting. can squat, you know, and that's why I encourage moms to practice before because it's different on your legs. You mm -hmm. gotta push the baby out. But so there are a lot of different ways to have a baby, and and you, we don't know what's gonna happen until it's done. Yeah, my girlfriend said uh, she was squatting, kind of helping the right. baby, you know, yeah. gravity, gravity, everything. right? And then she, they were like, "Okay, we see the head." She's like, "Oh no, I'm not moving. I'm already in this <laughs> yeah. position. You better take this baby like the way oh, I yeah. am right and now." We get down there yeah. because I tell my moms, get in the position that's most comfortable for you. You know, because in the mm -hmm. hospital, you're doing it most comfortable for the doctor. Yeah, in the bed, laying back, yeah. doing that. That's because they can they can raise or lower the bed to their height, and that's what's comfortable for them. Yeah. It's like like a haircut, like the barber. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know that. Um, I, I've seen. You know, you told me to look up births on right. the internet. You know, right. on YouTube. Yeah. There was one lady that I saw. She's in Europe, though. Uh -huh. She was in uh, London, right. and. Um, she was preparing herself. She watched the royal wedding. Yeah. Uh -huh. 
and she was because um, we did. so yeah i know <laughs> she was so uh calm and she videotaped she's a vlogger right, right, right. so she's got it, a right. bunch of moms follow mm-hmm. her and she was so calm and she was like you know my kids are with my my, my uh, mother and mm-hmm. you know they're at a birthday party and so when they get back the baby should be here right. just like nothing yeah. and she got she put her headphones on yeah. Wait, wait, they left, they went where? H-E-B? No, no. <laughs> yeah. Where did they go? They went to a party oh. with the grandparents. Yeah. Uh, and so party. she, she, was, she like, already knew, uh. she kind of already knew, oh, my, my baby's going to come around this time. Mm-hmm. Like, she's just kind of like, I get, this is her third one. Right, so right, I, and right, all right. of hers had been home births. Right. So um, she said that she put her, her, she had her playlist ready. Mm-hmm. She put her headphones on. Eye of the tiger. Yeah. And she was sitting in her pool, and she was just right. like this, over the pool, though, like, right. kinda like you mm-hmm. know, hoovering over. And she just said, she was just waiting. And, and then um, her midwife was just kind of talking to her, and then mm-hmm. she said, um, I, I think, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, just ha- it's happening. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, wait, you didn't even, like, grunt you didn't but she was in the zone so in the zone like you couldn't tell her nothing different like she was about to go to war and that's honestly a fool how i'm approaching this it's right. like <laughs> like a gym session yeah like no, <laughs> like i'm approaching it like a competition like you know what i'm saying the same way i get in the zone for you know a competition right. you know i you know yeah, and, and that's and planning what it is. for this you know and, and so one thing i didn't do was Consider that the kids were going through it too. Like, it was all about me. Oh my God, I'm in pain, I'm in pain. That was me as a, a mom in labor. But when you think, oh, the, she's going through it because her head's being squeezed, her body's getting pushed out, she too is uncomfortable. Shoulders. So, yeah, all of it. So, if you're like, okay, we're doing this together, you just rocking. It's like, how you doing it, man? I'll see you soon. Come on, let's go. And because I asked the mom one time, I said, did it hurt? Yeah, her. I said, but you didn't. She acted like your lady in the in the uh, the video in the video, and she said, but the baby was going through it too. So I was like, oh, that's a thought. But I have no another kid to try to see if I could do that. <laughs> well, yeah, that's kind of how I feel. Like I told you, when I work out and I start to feel like, you know, or I start to feel lazy, like right, I'm just gonna right. go, I'm just gonna be on this bike and just pedal for a little yeah. bit, you know. Yeah. I'll kind of have a little talk. I'm like, come right. on. I'll be like, come on, Penny. We're yeah. here. We got to yeah. make the best of it. Yeah. And she knows, you know, yeah. like, oh, okay, we're we going to do this. Like, mm-hmm. my mom said we ain't leaving, so I right. guess we're going to have to make it work. And, I mean, she makes it through all my exercise yeah, classes, does, you know? know. So That's it's what, like. I can't mm. make it through. <laughs> I don't want to make so, it through. Yeah. So. I'm not going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I told you already about that girl who told me don't sit next to me. I know. <laughs> So we want to be respectful of okay, your time. Okay, time, yes. Of your time. Okay. Yeah, so uh, did you have like another rapid fire thing? Uh, I, I have one thing I would like to mention. Um, where can someone, if someone that's listening, can go get more information about like like the racial disparity stuff or just more info? So you can just, uh, in terms of infant and maternal mortality and morbidity, you just Google that. And, and you get yeah, the rates. And you can do... Texas, because Texas is the worst in the country, Um, and, uh, you know, how you can be a part of solving the problem is getting the health care provider. If you're pregnant or you know somebody that's pregnant, getting the health care provider that will listen to them and really ask about C-session rates and ask about what what the system is and how you have a baby, you know, because they go in blind. Mm -hmm. They go in blindfold. Um, and so I just, 
if we don't do it as women, e- even not even talking about infant mortality, morbidity, thinking about C-section rates. Our C-section rates in some hospitals are 50, 60, 70%. Meaning 7 out of 10 women, C-section. C-section. And your right. number? Huh? My number is 4%. 4 out of 100. Yeah. It's a yeah. big difference. And so um, I, the only way that's going to go down is if women start saying, hey, what would necessitate me having a C-section? What happens when I get to 40 weeks? Do I have to get induced? Like, you have to ask those questions in the beginning because then people get attached to their doctor, and then in the end they do a bait and switch. Like, you know, okay, I had a C-section the first time. Do I get one the second time? They say yes. Do I get a vaginal delivery the second time? They say yes, and then you get to 37 weeks. Nah, let's just go ahead and schedule. Well, it takes a strong woman to say, okay, well, I'll just go someplace else. Mm -hmm. I'll do something different, you know. But you have to ask those questions in the beginning. If you want to go to the hospital, moms, that's where you need to go. But you also need to, because you paying. You paying. And so you need to ask the questions in the very beginning about what does it look like to have a baby with you, doctor, in the hospital. Are you going to be the one to deliver? How many people are in your service that might deliver? How many calls, uh, night calls do you take during the month? Some of them take one or two. Or how's the follow-up? Yeah, yeah. And so this is about getting the birth that you want, right? I'm not anti-hospital. I am for women understanding where they are when they have their baby as opposed to they look up, bling, bling, bling. What? When did it, huh? You know, because that's what happens a lot of times. And so, and you only get to do this pregnancy one time. You can have another baby and do it differently, but this time is just one time. Mm-hmm. So awesome. thank you so much for thank having you. me on the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you, you for um, everything. Can I just ask one more question? Sure, 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 sure. Um, so I guess someone's asking, can someone consult a midwife before or during family uh, before have like if they're planning to have family um, to give like counseling or help for people who are trying to start a family. Yeah, there's some midwives who do that. I stopped doing it okay. because they don't ever come back. So, like I've even charged people, but when they get pregnant, they don't come. So that's a waste of my time. You know, it, it that it might sound a little, but it's for real though. So I deal with moms when they're pregnant. Um, because then there are some midwives that will give you all the counseling that you want, but where I am in my career right now, it's, it's not beneficial for my time. Mm-hmm. It's not beneficial for my time. When I've only had one client, as Jasmine Mason. I love you, Jasmine Mason. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> she, that's right. I was like, I'm thinking she's pregnant. She's sitting in my office. She said, no, I'm not pregnant, but I was like, okay. Uh, you need to go. No, 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 no. I just, she was like, no, and she's a nurse. And I was like, you're definitely not coming back. And Mars will be a year in a little bit of time. And she, like, she had him at the birth center and she actually came back. And we had, like, she just texted me today. Uh, and he'll soon be a year. I think he'll be a year in August. And, uh, so, She's one out of a hundred. Mm. And so it's not, it just doesn't, I mean, I'm sure it helps women, but it doesn't, 
it's not it's too much for me right now. I have too many pregnant women that Yeah, you know, I know um Chingo's mom saw the picture that I posted oh, yeah. of us rubbing bellies yeah, yeah, like yeah. this with the boomerang. She goes, So those are all your midwives? Half. I, I said, those only those were only half I of said, my clients. Uh, I said, um, well those were the only ones that attended mm-hmm. the group name. Mm-hmm. She goes Oh my God! Mm-hmm. She has a. Your mom was so surprised. <laughs> she thought you were like a, a guinea pig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. experiment. Oh, my homegirl's gonna deliver. Yeah, so she was so surprised. She's good at baking with yeah. ovens. So I figured. Uh, oh, you do bake? What you bake? Cause I want to cook it. You want to do some rapid fire questions for her real quick? Just like three of them, just like the good ones, like a book that she. Um, and I think just for reference for women okay. who like you know. Well, let's we'll just do one because I want to be respectful of her time. Seven one three midwife. If you guys want to, call yeah, her call seven one three. The birthing place. So it's birthingplace.com. And you know, there's in Houston, there's a birthing place church, but this is not the church. This is the midwifery <laughs> service. <laughs> but there is a birthing place church right here in Houston. So yeah, what's your question? Oh, is there like a book that someone who who may you might want to recommend? Like, yeah, that you want to recommend? Like, if they're yeah. considering it, like, yeah. you know. If they're considering having an out-of-hospital birth, I would recommend uh, Ina Mae Gatskin. And she wrote Childbirth Guide. Childbirth Guide. No, something to. Midwifery. Guide. Yeah, no, no. That's no, spiritual that's midwifery. That's both mi- of them. But, uh. Childbirth Guide to Midwifery. I don't know what the, I, I can't even. But the author. The it's author is Ina May Gatskin. I guess I can look it up right now if you have another question. And also, yeah, just no. just to reiterate, um, while you to... looked that up, just uh-huh. to reiterate this statistic you you put out there, which uh-huh. was, I'm just giving you time to. Uh, yeah. Oh, just, she got the book. Yeah, she gonna go get I'm going to reiterate. Um, America is no, ranked number fiftieth. Fiftieth. Yeah. And then Texas is the it's 50th state of the that's 50th right, yeah, country. That's right. And, and that's where that? we live. Uh, Anna <laughs> uh, child, Childbirth. Guide to Childbirth. She's also got the breastfeeding. Yeah, the breastfeeding. Yeah, Ina May's Guide to Childbirth. That's the name of the book. So, And it has a lot of birth stories in it. And then she gives you practical information um, about midwives. So that's Ina, A-I-N-A, May, M-A-Y, Gaskin, G A S. K-I-N. Thank you so much. Thank Afua you so Hassan. much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Woo-hoo. <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in. Hopefully uh, we, we gave you all some information. And uh, thanks again to my lovely co-host, Marisol. Maybe the next time she's my co-host, you're going to hear like a baby in the background. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, exactly. See you guys later. Thanks for tuning in. Sus.